Are you someone who's struggling with some of the compound exercises of the squat, bench, or deadlift? Maybe you're preparing for a competition and you can't break past that plateau point. Well, today we're going to be talking about, in episode 27, the core and how isolating this group, these group of muscles can help attribute to better performance in the compound lifts and ultimately help you break past some of those plateaus and elevate your training throughout. So to kick things off today, let's start by talking about what purpose the core serves uh, and a little bit of what makes up the core. So uh, the core essentially is the natural belt formed by the rectus abdominis, which is your primary uh, core muscles, your, your kind of ab sheet that most people recognize it as. Um, those are the muscles that are engaged when you're doing crunches. Um, so these muscles allow you to bend forward uh, or sort of a curling up action in the upper trunk. So this is considered trunk flexion. Uh, so rectus abdominis allows for trunk flexion. In addition to that, we have the erector spinae muscle. So we're going from trunk flexion to now trunk extension. So this allows us to stand up straight from a bent over position and also allows us to bend backwards as well. We also have the internal and external obliques of the core, which work to twist the left to the left and to the right of us, uh, which is this trunk rotation, right? And in addition to that, we also have our lateral trunk, which allows us to bend side to side. So we're taking that rotation out, we're bending side to side, not twisting. So what allows us to do this action are our obliques. And compression of the abdomin uh, abdominal wall, by drawing your belly button into your spine, you're actively engaging the traverse abdominis. So that's that kind of natural belt that helps cinch the spine to keep it stable. Uh, and these all help with spinal stability. And one of those stabilizing muscle groups that a lot of people tend to neglect is the multifidus. Now, these muscles all work in conjunction on a compound movement in an ideal situation, whether it be a bench, a squat, or a deadlift, now those um, exercises vary in what uh, type of tension we're producing on the bar, but mostly compounds. So there's gonna be some degree of stress on the core within each of those three movements. Now you can argue that it would be more so on a squat or a deadlift, um, but that's really variable amongst the individual. I personally believe you get most total tension from a deadlift uh, rather than a squat. Again, that is arguable amongst uh, individuals in the industry. Now, the core, again, the sole purpose is to stabilize the spine. So if you start thinking about how you're training uh, over the course of whatever duration you're training, how your compound movements feel, um, and then draw a line through that, and find if you incorporate any of these muscle groups in a core exercise. Now, as you can see, I named a few of these muscles here, um, or pretty much all of these muscles that work to stabilize the spine that make up our core, being our rectus abdominis, our rectus spinae muscles, our internal and external obliques, uh, and our transverse abdominis, as well as the multifidus. 
So these muscles all, again, work in conjunction to support our spine. They're supporting these compound movements. So if we aren't allowing ourselves to implement these in a program, we have a missing link, right? And I think a lot of you will notice that these plateaus that we're hitting, if you find within whatever program you're following, if it's, uh, you know, Johnny Two-Tone on Instagram, or maybe you've developed something yourself, if you don't have not just core work, I'm not talking crunches, if you don't have sport core related exercises into your program, you're simply neglecting one of the major contributors to better compound movements and higher competency in those compound movements. So I would argue that by neglecting the right type of training for your core, you're simply not engaging or uh, uh, tapping into that potential of what your core can contribute to total tension on the bar. And as we know, total tension allows that bar to move more fluid. It allows us to develop those motor patterns necessary for a really good lift, whether it be a bench, a deadlift, or a squat, right? Or even going further beyond that into some of these more performance-related lifts um, that coincide with Olympic lifting. So your core plays a huge role in all of these. And I believe if you're not developing your core to be performance-related and to work in different planes of motion and to work rotation as well as anti-rotation, we'll talk a little bit about what those exercises look like, then you're not allowing yourself to optimally give uh, yourself the best chance at executing compound movements. So if you're someone who's a power lifter, you're going to want to definitely explore the realm of sport core movements, stabilizing core exercises rather than um, more aesthetic-based exercises. Uh, so this kind of falls in line with um, the type of adaptations we want to see, right? So if I'm doing 30, 60, 100 crunches, that is only a peripheral uh, kind of, uh, you know, outside of the body adaptation. We're getting larger muscle size because that muscle cell increasing, right? Rather than changing how that muscle uh, engages and contracts and the speed of the contraction. So again, when we're thinking about stabilizing in something like a compound movement that's highly demanding, right? Something that is um, very high exertion, really fatiguing, like a squat or a deadlift. We have to build our core to sufficiently, at will, produce tension so that it, it can stabilize our spine and cinch our spine to keep it in a neutral position. What I see too often is very many, and I've been there myself, power lifters who neglect the core and for what purpose it serves, and they undermine it, and they end up hitching the bar along their legs, that's a common one we see, right? Or uh, they simply allow their um, butt wink to happen in a squat, okay? Um, these are all compensations for some of the deficient stabilizing muscle groups that aren't built to handle the load. So again, this is gonna go back to what I was saying in previous videos and just my philosophy in general. If you cannot execute the movement with 100% form, you need to drop the weight. 
And this is where ego comes into play, you guys, is we're not understanding what these muscles really do and what they work to do. Now, you're going to have muscles that may be uh, dominating or kind of um, uh, taking on the load uh, for some of these underdeveloped muscles. So in in a lot of cases, this happens for for guys on their bench press. Um, They have their chest take most of the load. Or they have uh, their quads take most of the load on a squat. We need to build our core efficiently so that we can distribute that load in the most um, uh, well-distributed way as possible so that there's the least amount of impact on our spine. Now, that degree of flexion in your torso or degree of extension in your torso could definitely influence more impact at the spine. And I've gone through this before on a YouTube video uh, where we're talking about the impact you're facing during barbell squatting um, versus, you know, not having your core engaged enough. So if we're, if we're bending forward more towards the floor and we're not perpendicular, right, there's going to be more impact and load on the apex of our spine which is going to automatically take us out of the game over time, you guys. And this is why power lifters like Ronnie Coleman, who was, you know, kind of loosely powerlifting, but um, your Eddie Halls of the world, some of these well-renowned power lifters in the game, unfortunately, although they've seen these massive feats of strength, it was at the detriment uh, to their body, right? Um, on top of the other unfortunate... Uh, Uh, performance-enhancing drugs they were taking that are causing negative effects on their physiology, um, those play a role too. That's another discussion. Taking us back to the core, you guys, training anti-rotation is a big contributor to keeping spinal stability. So what does that look like? You've probably seen at some point or another someone take a barbell and stick it in one of those posts at the bottom. Those are called landmines. So it may be at the bottom of your uh, power rack, it may be in the corner of your gym, but it's a long tube that you can stick the end of the barbell into, and you may see individuals uh, rotating that barbell. Now, this is a good exercise. This is an anti-rotation or a coupling force rotation Um, You can look either of those two terms up on Google and you'll find the same performance-related core exercise that really allows you to feel that stabilization. It allows you to feel your internal and external obliques working to support that movement of rotation. Uh, So that's a really good exercise. I like to use this one on some of my active rest days uh, or maybe accompany it with a uh, lower volume day on some of my Olympic lifting um, training phases. Uh, on top of that, I like to think about the core as an upper and a lower, okay? You've got your upper abdominals, and you've got your lower abdominals. Now, if we can work to hopefully evenly work upper and lower, you're going to find that you engage your muscles and have a better contractility in your muscles uh, in your core uh, by training them versus neglecting them and relying on your major muscle groups of your quads or some of these over-dominating muscles that may be contributing to a successful lift but with improper form. So training your upper and lower can look something like a full crunch, 
Now, I don't know if you've ever done any of these types of movements, but if you can take a Swiss ball and you can stick that into the middle of your feet. So you're holding the Swiss ball on the floor in between your feet and you're doing a leg lift with that Swiss ball that you're holding in between your feet and you're going to do a crunch with your upper body to grab that ball. Okay, so now we're looking at spinal stability, okay, in the form of keeping some sort of imprint on that floor and not allowing your lower back to extend. Okay, so we want to keep some stability. We keep that tension on the core, not allowing our back to extend. Now, this will beg the question for some people, how can I let my legs come down without my low back extending? Now, if your low back extends with the depth of your legs coming down towards the floor with that Swiss ball, you may want to lessen how much your feet go towards the floor. So this may look something like a bent knee position, right? We're simply letting our arms go overhead as we bring and lower the ball toward the floor. And then as we crunch up toward the top so we can grab the ball, we're getting that peak tension in our core there. Okay, another one that I really like to do in addition to this one that uh, I think a lot more people will take to and understand is called the dead bug. Now the dead bug is a really classic core exercise that I think has uh, a placement in performance related tasks simply because we're looking at that stability factor, um, imprinting the floor, keeping that tension through the core. So you've got uh, a bit of an isometric going here. But you also have a co-contraction. A co now, you have a co-contraction being you have your transverse abdominis working. Uh, but you've also got your obliques and some of your rectus abdominis working uh, in conjunction. Being where we have our upper and lower core working to support the action of your arm going overhead and your leg extending simultaneously. Opposite arm, opposite leg. Now, again, in order to understand what I'm explaining to you here, you'd have to, to, to look up the dead bug movement. So I suggest if you haven't done that, you look up the dead bug core exercise. That is a really, really good exercise that I think a lot of people uh, beginning can benefit from in learning to understand how to create and produce tension in the core to work on spinal stability. The last thing I want to go through uh, that I think is pretty important um, that takes the kind of idea off your midsection because that's all that I've talked about thus far. I want to go into erector spinae muscles. Your erector spinae muscles, much like the multifidus, work to stabilize and keep the spine in a neutral position. Okay. Now, moreover, the erector spinae work to keep the back erect. They work to extend the low back. So maybe you've seen um, low back extensions, right? Off that contraption that you can put your feet onto and it allows you to lower your torso toward the floor and extend it towards the ceiling. Now, if you don't understand what that looks like, look up a low back extension exercise and that'll give you a general idea of what I'm talking about here. But these low back extension exercises are good. They're good for isolating that muscle. But as far as total tension throughout the body, I don't really like it. Uh, I, I feel like um, much like machine use of in bodybuilding, we're just not quite getting a functional purpose out of that movement, whereas doing something like a bird dog, right? So if you've ever seen a bird dog or Superman exercise, 
Um, these movements are really good for that kind of, uh, again, co-contraction, um, but also stabilizing. So a bird dog exercise is perfect and ideal for spinal stabilization because you've got not only your core working, but now you've got your traps and your erector spinae uh, also working to keep a neutral spine. Now you'll also start to get into more compound-related muscle groups simply because the uh, stability nature of the bird dog, it's basically a reverse dead bug, um, but you're on your knees. So this kind of change in where you're holding stability can affect uh, different muscle groups that you're working. So our bird dog's going to take more of an emphasis on not only our core, but how our low back and hips work to support a good neutral position. Same can be said for a dead bug, you know, except we're on our back. We're lying on our back and we're keeping spinal stability. We're keeping, uh, you know, zero rotation. We're getting a co-contraction in the core between the obliques and the abdominals. So there's a lot going on in these exercises, more than just doing a simple crunch, more than just doing some simple rope um, uh, uh, rope curl and doing, I don't know, machine ab pull down. Like these things are good for isolating one group of muscle in the core, maybe two. But if you can allow yourself to explore the possibility of sport core and building competence in anti rotation, spinal stability you are going to see your numbers skyrocket in performance-related tasks in functional movement patterns, being your compound lifts, your deadlift, your squat, your bench press, being your dynamic compound lifts, your clean and jerk, your snatch variations of. This training your core optimally can allow you to elevate your training and really allow you to create total body tension, building that uh, motor pattern, motor uh, recruitment necessary to fulfill more demanding exercises. So if you want to improve your performance in sport, whatever sport you're in, I don't care if it's football, I don't care if it's tennis, the story is the same. We need to keep our core in mind no matter what athletic venture we're taking, no matter what sport we're playing, as well as just overall health considering keeping our spine protected. Don't neglect your core exercises, especially when it comes to spinal stability. Thank you guys for listening in on episode 27. Just wanted to talk a little bit about the core and why it's important because it seems to me that we get oftentimes as coaches, as competitors, as athletes, we get so consumed by the thought of chasing a higher bench press, a higher squat, a higher clean and jerk, a higher snatch that we don't take the time to take a step back and say, okay, maybe that overall movement is being impeded by uh, you know, a deficient muscle group within the kinetic chain, the kinetic chain being our body. So if there's one link in that chain that isn't accounted for, we're going to have issues in our performance related tasks in whatever training bout we're undergoing. 
So hopefully this allows you to navigate your training in a more efficient way and help uh, provide some insight on what kind of core exercises you should be implementing. Think of those key words I described here, anti-rotation and stability, isometric. All of these terms are going to help you navigate what kind of core exercises are going to be conducive to your sport as well as your goals. So hopefully you guys, uh, you took something away from this video, this podcast. Um, we have listener support now. So if you enjoyed what you heard and you enjoy some of our other shows, uh, please drop a donation. We greatly appreciate it and it helps us keep churning and burning on the podcast. So until next time, guys, I will talk to you soon. And I can't wait to hear more about some of the fantastic things that you guys are getting into as athletes, as people that are looking to aspire for more out of their fitness goals. Never forget, aspire to inspire.